Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. What does Doc Baker need help doing? Sitting in a chair watching you die. And welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. I was up at six, then I fell asleep on my couch at nine, <laughs> then I woke up again at <laughs> Wait, on that little tiny couch behind you? Yeah, like I have my legs out on my ottoman and I just dozed <laughs> off. Okay. Like a mess. All right. I was up at yeah. seven because Lafayette Beetle wanted to go outside. Not your own fault. Mm-hmm. Jen, today I have just a little bit of housekeeping, and that is we have a new hero mode patron. Great. And that is Catherine M. So thank you, Catherine. Welcome to the club, and we really appreciate your patronage. It's going to be worth every penny. (laughs) Also, I want to remind everyone that the first 50 people who sign up for our Patreon, no matter the level, are entered to win Confessions of a Prairie Bitch by Allison Arngrim, Nellie Olson. And and what we'll do is just throw all the names in a hat and randomly pick somebody. So that's how you're. I, I literally write all the names out on a sheet of paper and put them in a hat. No, I don't. Jenny. Do I, I use a random number. Paper. I would not be surprised. What, that I wrote them out and threw yes. them in a hat? Yes. I don't even know if I own a You're hat. You're just so, like, you just have such a level of integrity with these contests. <laughs> I, but I use technology. It's a random number okay. generator. All right. I okay. put everybody in a spreadsheet. They're on a row. They have a number. Right. And then I use a random number generator. So, um, also, I just wanted to remind everyone that my ass is dropping this Thursday if you're on Patreon. <laughs> And that is the after school special stoned with Scott Bayo. So that will be out this Thursday. Hopefully you all enjoyed back to the future, which we loved covering. Yeah. Jen, you got a little bit of shit for your John Hughes stance and pretty. Oh, pink. I know people came for me. <laughs> so in my defense, I think some of our cousins are the same people. So it's not like I'm saying anything about John Hughes. I just don't remember or differentiate things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like Led Zeppelin albums. Who remembers what goes on which one? They're all great. They're all great. I just don't necessarily remember which album is which. Like that is not, that does not mean I think they're bad. Right. 
Right. That's how where I think the misconception was. This it is, just they just all blend together for this me. This is the split though that we are talking mm-hmm. about between John Hughes and Heather's. This is the yeah, split. we and and we got called young. Like we're young. Yes. That's, we're young yes. Gen Xers. I was yep. like, yay, okay, I'll take I'll that. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Seventy seven. I am just hanging on by a thread there at the end. No, you're not. Yes, I am. It ends in eighty. I'm only well, three years away from the end. Whatever. Whatever. Three years. It's not like you were born in 79 in November. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) All right. So today we continue our look at Little House on the Prairie with season four, episode six, The Creeper of Walnut Grove. Jen? The description reads, Laura and Andy are determined to find out who has been robbing the mercantile and stealing food from people. The Garvey and Ingalls Detective Agency is officially in business, but is ultimately causes more harm than good. Interesting how they called it the Garvey and Ingalls Detective Agency in the description. Because that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Michael Landon wrote that. I'm sure he did not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Jen, before seeing this episode, who would you assume it's about? Who's the creeper of Walnut Grove? I thought Doc Baker. <laughs> <laughs> it could be any number of people, actually. Uh, this is written by someone new. John Dugan, oh. and directed by Claxton. Claxton. Jenny, um, before we start, this is the first time that we're covering an episode with Andy Garvey in it. I call him Garvey. Okay. Do you know who he is? He looks familiar. Yes. He's oh. in Heathers. Is he one of the the presumed, the, the framed gay men? He's Ram. <laughs> the dude who's like dry humping her on the date. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, I, looked, okay. I saw him and I was immediately like, this kid's been in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and he has been in a bunch of stuff. But he's in Heather's, which we covered. Go back and listen to it. Hmm. Okay. All right. So we open on a schoolhouse with Bandit just randomly barking outside of it. He's re- reverse Lafayette Beetle. <laughs> And he's acting like an asshole. Jenny, just like this is my people. life. He's just standing there barking at the school because Laura's inside of it. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> All right. So I guess, I don't know, he goes into school and Miss Beetle yells at him. That serves no purpose. Well, I was wondering, like, he's outside barking. And I'm like, there's not a door. Like, or the door's open. Like, just Go why does he just walk in? <laughs> I don't know. Inside... We meet a new rando named Timothy. Miss Beetle says his essay on medicine was brilliant. And he was writing an an essay on medicine in like eighth grade or whatever they're in. And she's she's like, you know, you really have talent. You should be a doctor. He's like, I'm going to be a doctor. There's this whole like suddenly we have a rando. And this rando has a more fleshed out career path than any of the Ingalls girls. Right. Who we've known for three seasons. Well, that's probably because they're girls, though, too, to be That's fair. true. Suddenly, N- Nellie raises her hand and narks on Laura and Garvey for not reading some kind of assignment. McGuffey? McGuffey Reader. McGuffey Reader. Remember the McGuffey yep. Reader? They're hiding Penny Dreadful, which are... I have mis- an index card. All right. What? Go ahead. What are Laura and Garvey reading? Penny Dreadfuls are an inexpensive novel of violent adventure or crime that was especially popular mid to late Victorian England. Penny Dreadfuls were often issued in eight page installments and they were usually carelessly and careless and second rate writing as Mm. well as gory themes. 
So like these kids are reading something gory and bizarre mm-hmm. and everyone seems just fine with that. But they, they looked like whole books where Penny Dreadfuls yes. are sm- like kind of, they're serials, right? Like they're yeah. more, they're like smaller things. Um, the name was pejorative, like dread Penny Dreadfuls. Mm-hmm. And it referenced that they were one penny. In America, the dime novel would have been more popular, but that tended to have a Western theme. And it seems like this doesn't have a Western no. theme. It's very mystery oriented. So I think they are actually Penny Dreadfuls. They were eventually, their popularity was eventually replaced by periodicals. Hmm. Popular Penny Dreadfuls included Dick Turban, Varney the Vampire and the Feast of Blood, <laughs> The Maniac Father or Victim of Seduction, and Sweeney Todd. Wow. Uh, I feel like it's a good time to give a plug for the show Penny Dreadful, which is fantastic. Well, and the one they're reading, they keep mentioning the Pinkerton Detective Agency. They keep mentioning um, the dude, what was his name? Freeman of Scotland Yard. I couldn't find any record of that being real. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of ones about Scotland Yard and detectives and stuff, but I couldn't find those actual I feel like the Pinkerton Detective Agency sounds real. Are we going to do a hold in the middle of your index card? Yes. Hold. Okay, we're back. Jenny, give the info. So it was a Pinkerton was a real detective agency, but it was in the U.S. founded by Scotsman Alan Pinkerton in 1850. Pinkerton became famous when he claimed to have foiled a plot to assassinate President-elect Abraham Lincoln. Well, he didn't really foil that plot. I mean, well, well, maybe he did. We don't know that this plot was the one that killed him because well, he's saying President-elect and uh, Lincoln got assassinated when he was president. Okay. All right. I'm sure everyone was trying to kill Lincoln. Oh, are I'm you sure. kidding me? I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, but the one they're talking about something with Scotland Yard. So I just think they made something up, probably so they didn't have to pay any royalties or anything. So um, when they introduce the idea of the Pinkerton Agency, they say something about forgery that they solved a forgery. So Pinkerton was elected um, the first police detective in Chicago. After breaking up a band of counterfeiters. Because Paul does reference something about forging. However, since the passage of the Anti-Pinkerton Act in 1893, federal law has stated that an individual employed by the Pinkerton Detective Agency or similar organization may not be employed by the government of the United States. <laughs> like, what happened? I feel like <laughs> something they have wrong. to pass a law to keep you from running for something or to be employed. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, something, something went horribly wrong there. Okay. Okay. So Nellie, so Laura flips out on Nellie and calls her Nellie Telly, which I think oh, is great. God, these kids. Mm-hmm. Miss Beetle's okay with it since they're technically still reading. And she I realized a, they're reading gore though. But I thought that was a good move. Yeah. You know, there's. Read there, anything. That was a good, yeah, that was a good idea. All right. At recess, Jen, Laura discovers her lunch has been stolen. And I wrote, but bandits around. So it might've been him. Like, I thought maybe that's why he came into the school. I just wrote. And he took her little lunch pail. Laura's lunch got robbed? What? <laughs> I, I think I forgot what this was supposed to be about. And I was just like, why is her lunch robbed? What's happening? <laughs> this is stupid. And and Andy Garvey goes, well, everybody likes your mother's cooking. I'm like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. So next we see Jonathan Garvey. He's looking at locks at Nell's. Uh, I put at Nell's house, but it's at his mercantile. <laughs> it's the mercantile. He tells Nels he's buying a lock for the smokehouse since he's missing two hens. 
And Harriet tells the both of them that there have been some thefts lately. And Nell said, it's a shame. You used to be able to lock your doors. What is he talking about? The Ingles didn't even have a door. You used to be able to leave your doors open, not lock your doors. You used to not be able to even have a door. Right. And Jesus Nell's is Christ. like, this thievery is a problem. I know. So, Jen, there's a mystery building in Walnut Grove. And Harriet loves it. She's not, But he knows Harry's pro, Harriet is pro-robbery. Yeah, Harriet decides they're getting rich off selling these locks. So she's like, I hope the burglaries continue because we're getting rich off. Let me just say that Harriet is the dude on the corner selling an umbrella for $15 and a downpour. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You're like, really? 20 bucks? 15 bucks? It's pouring. Harriet Harriet is the woman in charge of the electric in Texas giving people (laughs) $16,000 electric bills (laughs) during a blackout. Mm Mm-hmm. So over at the mill, Jen, Garvey, Laura, and Andy, so big Garvey, little Garvey, and Laura are all discussing the thief. Yep. And Laura and Andy decide the thief will be called the creeper. Okay. Okay. That didn't age well. (laughs) They also discussed that he would be fat because he keeps stealing food, and Andy's all like, well, they could be super thin with worms. I like Andy thinking of all the edge cases. He would be a great programmer. <laughs> Laura tells him he's getting to be more like Fremont, the detective in their books, every day. Next, we see Rando Timothy. And we have this weird scene where he knocks on Hanson's door and asks him for a job. Well, you ha- they have to show that he's looking for jobs. Yeah. But, but I- the kid's like... 14. He's like 14, but I'm also thinking, like, if he wants to be a doctor, why doesn't he see if Doc Baker needs help? Why doesn't he try to work for Doc Baker? What does Baker? Doc Baker need help doing? I don't know, Aim. Sitting in a chair watching know. you die. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't have to watch everyone die in Walnut Grove himself. <laughs> All right. So Hanson doesn't have work for him, and then he runs down because he sees Doc Baker. And do you notice he runs down the Nelly wheelchair hill? Yes, he does. Yes. And he bumps into Doc Baker, who tells Timothy that he just checked in on his father and he after he's recovering from his heart attack. And Doc says the father needs rest and zero exer- exertion whatsoever. And healthy whole foods. I don't know if he said whole foods. Healthy foods. And I'm healthy like, foods. Timmy, Timothy's the creeper. <laughs> yep. Immediately, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. So, Doc says, you probably know all this, though, since you've read all my medical books. Oh, God. How boring do they have to be? This is not a good training program for this kid. I mean, what? what how did it? Like, you did apprenticeships. That's, that's but how Doc you train. Baker? Well, yeah, I agree. Jeez. Yeah. Go be Doc Brickers. Could you imagine the baller time? We got to cover some love boat. Oh, God. Do you remember the baller time, like Isaac and Doc Bricker were having all the time, like hanging out on a cruise ship all the time? (laughs) They were probably like just, you know, drinking and hooking up with people. Oh, yeah. It was probably just debauchery. Sure. Okay. Like the opposite of Walnut Grove. Absolutely. So then he tells Timothy about the scholarship exam coming up. And Timmy's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he also offers, Doc Doc Baker's really nice in this moment and offers Timothy, like, do you guys need food? Do you need money? As long as you don't need medical care, we're good. As long as you don't need a diagnosis, (laughs) we're good. Okay, Jen, at the Ingalls, Laura and Andy are complaining to Caroline about the theft. And she tells them that she made an apple pie for dinner. Because of course she did. Can she adopt me? I know, right? Don't you make a pie every day for your family? No, fuck them. (laughs) 
Carolyn goes to give them a slice and her pie is gone, Jen, because she left it outside. Carolyn's pie is stolen. This is like, yeah. this is, we we can't have this. What kind of psycho fucking steals Carolyn's pie? I don't know. Ugh. And did you notice she left it outside, but now she leaves it outside in the back of the new edition. Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. not good. You can't keep an eye on it back there. She doesn't have to leave it in the doorway anymore, I guess. Okay, Paul pulls up, and they all run out and tell him about it. And they also tell him they're forming a new detective agency, Ingalls and Garvey, or Garvey and Ingalls, depending on who you ask. And I wrote, it should be fucking Carl's Jr. I know. I know. I know. Well, that wouldn't have gotten off the ground at all, though. Let's face he it. He would be amazing at this. Oh, yeah. He, he would, would have been be great. Like, they would already be like, dead. Have you ever watched the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr.? And Jude Law, highly advised. I, I feel like they're all. Um, I feel like they're all the same movies. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is like just off the hook detective, like crazy. And I feel like this is how Carl's Jr. would be. Like he would be like House. Like he would just be like <laughs> renegade, and Laura would have to like make sense of what he's doing. But he would, uh, in his genius, solve uh, the case. Carl's Jr. is not a genius. <laughs> He is exactly okay. the opposite would, of a genius. Okay, he would stumble onto the culprit. Maybe. <laughs> okay. It would have it would have like he would have been way more entertaining than this Garvey kid. Yeah, yeah. So Carrie's <laughs> there and she says something annoying. She says she wants to be a detective. Yeah, and and they're like, you know, we're just going to make you a spot. Wait, here's what happens. She says, I want to be a detective or whatever. Oh, Jenny, that was a good invitation. <laughs> Do that again. I want to be a detective. That's pretty good. And Laura and Garvey are talking about like all the stuff they do, like everything they've learned about being a detective. Meanwhile, Carrie's watching a fly fly around. (laughs) 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 And then they're like, oh, we'll make you a spy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't think of a worse spy except Carl. And then then they show her like creeping around and they're taking pictures. Uh, Or I mean, she's like. They're playing music, like the hokey music, and she's, she's like spying. a living Chucky doll sometimes. Like, yeah. it's super weird. It's bizarre. And Jen, Caroline's like, oh my God, I better get in the house and make another pie. Yeah, she's like, I'll just whip up another one. Holy shit. She's a good mom. I really want her she's to adopt mom. me. Okay. Laura and Andy, Jen, have big plans for their detective agency. They want to be like the Pinkerton agency. Back at Rando Timothy's, he's tending to his father. The father actually is a likable character. Yeah, mm-hmm, I agree. Fathers, as we've discovered, guys, can go either way. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially rando fathers yeah, can go they either love way. love to introduce random fathers. Yep. The father's upset that he's in bed while Timothy has to do all this work and go to school. And Timothy lies that he's been working for a dude named Baxter. Is that the name he gives? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he pulls out all the stolen food. He has a Caroline's whole ham hock. He has a pie. Are the bag of his pants stained? I think the bag yes. of his pants are yes. stained, right? Yes. <laughs> I thought he peed himself. Yeah, and like, then I realized he was that? probably just sitting on something oh dirty or riding God, the horse. That is so sloppy. Yeah. It's not good. All right. So so he pulls all this stuff out. And I wrote, he's too proud to take help from Doc Baker, but not too proud to steal. Yeah, that's weird. That didn't make sense to me. Okay. Back at the schoolyard, Laura and Andy are going all McDuff and moving towards the schoolyard disguised as the forest. <laughs> I was just like, what are these jackasses doing? <laughs> all right. Bandit sees them and outs them by barking at Reverse them. Lafayette Beetle mm-hmm. wrecks this whole fucking thing and it's hilarious. And then he steals Laura's sandwich. 
Mm-hmm. This would be my life. Well, because they're well, like, he doesn't steal the sandwich. They try to use him as a bloodhound. Right, which he is a herding dog and not a bloodhound. He's like, oh, a sandwich. Great. <laughs> but this doesn't, this isn't even how it works. She gives him the sandwich, which has no scent of the creeper right, on right. it. Yeah, no, it, doesn't, it makes no sense. They're like, terrible detectives. Go find another chicken salad. Like, I don't know what she's eating. Go find another chicken salad sandwich. They need to hang out with mom for a weekend and learn how to solve a crime. Yeah, seriously. Come on. All right, Jen, in church, Rev is making some announcements. What is this? This is I don't know. I don't know. Mrs. Olsen is flipping out because the mercantile was broken into, and she's offering a reward for the apprehension, and she's putting locks and shotguns on sale. I mean, this is like an episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter now. Like, what is happening? I wrote, how bad is this going to go? Who are they going to railroad? (laughs) Okay, after church, the Olsons are walking home and Nels tells them they must go see Aunt Victoria, Harriet's sister. Nellie says, Aunt Victoria's a bore, and I thought she said Aunt Victoria's a whore. (laughs) (laughs) I literally rewound that sucker three times, and I still heard whore. (laughs) It's like, okay. (laughs) If Little House, which they're talking about remaking it, which don't even get me started, we need a prequel, we don't need the new version. Um... If they update it, do you think Nellie would say things like horror and bitch? Probably. So Laura and Andy overhear this and they decide they have to stay in town to watch the mercantile. And then for reasons I cannot understand, they mistakenly invite Nellie and Willie. Well, they have, they want to get inside the mercantile. So that's what, but can't Laura cannot negotiate a deal. This kid is the worst deal maker. I know. They offer to cut Nellie and Willie in on the reward, their own mother's money. <laughs> and Willie says three dollars for us, two for you, and Laura agrees. And she just agrees. No, no, no mm-hmm. counter offer, nothing. Yep. So together they devise a plan, and later we see them using flour to dust for fingerprints. And there's flour everywhere and in the market. Nellie and Willie look like ghosts. They're completely covered with it. Jenny, I had anxiety watching this. Really? Who cleans that up? I, I you would, I guess. If I mean, Nell's got stuck doing it, but wow. All right. Harry comes in and Nell's comes in. They freak out. And Nell's again threatens to hit the kids. I feel like flour would make me want to hit people because it's so hard to clean up. Jenny, they have wiped everything down with flour in that store. Like every object. They never get how rid of is, that. How is Nels going to clean this? They never get rid of They don't have vacuum cleaners. Don't forget. They don't have vacuum cleaners. They don't have a power washer where you could just whip up a power it's washer. It's going to 400 years to clean that. Oh, my God. And Harriet's like, I'll take care of the kids. You clean the store. Yeah. And Nels is like, I'm going to beat them with a stick. Basically. Oh, the next day, Laura and Andy are back at it with another plan, and Nellie's all like, get away from me. <laughs> My mother says you're a bad influence. Yeah, she's right. They promised Nellie some fame, and she caves immediately. <laughs> well, and they're, they're, I think their plan has failed. Like, the creeper does not steal money. Right, right, right. Their plan is flawed. Because he couldn't, he couldn't steal money and then go to the mercantile with a, a handful of cash. Like, that would arouse suspicion. Right. Their plan is they're going to lure the creeper to Tyler's Feed and Grain. That must be where Pa's getting all his feed. The feed store. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to tell the whole town. (laughs) First of all, they're putting this man in jeopardy. I know. They're telling the whole town that Tyler has a bunch of money laying around and no lock. Like, wow. Somebody could come in and attack him. I know. 
That night, Laura and Andy go to Tyler's and Willie and Nellie are not there yet. This is very drawn out. Well, there's all this dumb creeper music too, which was super mm-hmm. annoying. Mm-hmm. We see Harriet Nell's getting ready for bed and Harriet's got like the facial cream on and, and her hair blue. up. Blue. What is the blue shit up? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. And then we see Willie and Nellie sneaking out, but Harriet like catches them. She sees them just as they're going out the door. So I have a couple of questions. So okay. do you remember whisper fighting? Oh, I remember whisper fighting. <laughs> they were whisper yes. fighting in the hallway. They were. <laughs> and then what would you do if you saw your kids hightailing it out the door? I would scream at them. <laughs> run downstairs. I wouldn't go get Timmy, wake him up from a dead sleep and be like. And have a conversation. I think, yeah, I think the kids are going somewhere. Let's get on our, our clothes and go chase them. It's crazy. All she had to do was yell. She saw them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, she says maybe okay so she goes in and she wakes Nels up and she's like maybe our children are the creeper yeah she tells Nels she heard a rumor about Tyler having money and no lock so maybe <laughs> there's area at her well Nels is like maybe they're going to the outhouse together in the middle of the night <laughs> so Harriet's like we need to follow Nellie and Willie because you know I think that they're the creeper and this is where they're going to strike next. And I wrote, this is a convoluted plot. Who wrote this shit? Well, I told you who wrote it. God. I don't even think that dude has his MFA. I think he's in a bachelor's program. (laughs) Okay. At Tyler's, the four kids are gathered and they hear footsteps. And there's this super long shot with the doorknob turning, the moonlight streaming in. Too much. And it's Harriet in her full, like, creeper mask is what I'm calling okay. it. Laura, <laughs> Andy first tackles her to the ground. On her, like, like from, like, midair. Like, <laughs> her. And then they wrestle her down. They all jump. And then they're like, it's greasy. so nels comes in and rips them off of her he's like that's my wife i'm just like this shit has gone off the rails next we see nels bringing laura home and oh my god i loved this scene so much this was great charles is pissed (laughs) off but carolyn's kind of laughing carolyn and mary are like laughing at him (laughs) laura's like kind of scared and he's pissed and he's like no these are new rules now no one goes out at night no one unless you have to go the outhouse and of course carrie's like i have to go pa (laughs) so no more going near the olsons and no more reading those books and And charles is yelling and i'm here for it on the reverse lafayette beetle gets shit on because he's a bad watchdog Carrie comes running in then because, and says, because what because what happened? Well, Carrie went out to the outhouse. Oh, this happens right there. Okay. Yeah. So Carrie went out to the outhouse and she comes running in, said she saw someone in the hen house. Didn't we upgrade that chicken coop to like the chicken condo? The chicken resort. Mm-hmm. Pa goes running out in his nightshirt. Again, I'm here for this. Uh, Matilda, Matilda, Caroline's best laying hen is gone. They have cat kidnapped Matilda. <laughs> Jenny, this might be a good time to tell a story about when our dog was kidnapped. Our dog was held hostage. Did we ever tell that story? I don't think so. If we did, guys, fast forward 30 seconds. If we did, it was like 35 episodes ago and I don't remember. Yeah. Our, we had a Cocker Spaniel when we were little and she got loose and she ran... 
I don't know. These people claim they got her down by Memorial Stadium, which was at least 15 blocks away from us. Yeah, I don't believe that. So we get a call because she had like the little collar on with her name. We get a call and the person's pretty much like, that's a pretty dog you got there. We're like, I we have your what dog. She's worth. We have your dog. Yeah. We're like, great. Yeah, but then they're like, well, she's a pretty dog. She's a purebred, probably. She's probably worth something. They didn't have southern accents. <laughs> I know. I'm making them more menacing. Is that are southern accents menacing? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a creepy southern accent can be menacing, yes. <laughs> so anyway, my mom and dad go flying down there. I don't know how they knew. We were with them because they had. They said that they had. They made the mistake of giving their address before they threatened and asked for a ransom. And so we went down. We were with them. I was with them. I don't know if you. Were. I was with them too. I was with them too. The it car. was. I mean, who threatens to sell a cocker spaniel? You got to be way down on the crime totem pole for that. Who kidnaps a cocker spaniel because I feel like she was kidnapped. She was a terrible dog, Mom. If Mom knew what was right for her, she should have been like, she "Call me like, in three have days. Fun. Have fun with that." Yeah, exactly. So my mom, I don't remember dad being. Dad the first and mom day. went in. Yeah, dad. And mom. Yeah, but I remember mom going in first. No, I don't think so. Dad would not have no. that. Come on. Oh, that's true. That's true. I think they went in together. Yeah, I feel like they, I was in the house. I was too. Yeah, okay. Why did they bring us I in don't there know. with them? Anything could have been going on in there. <laughs> These are people who kidnapped dogs. I know. So they bring us all in and we demanded the dog back and, and they was, gave it to and us. And it was like a super tense scenario. I remember just being super tense. I Today you could never do this. No. Those people no. would have guns. Everyone would have guns. Could never do this. Yeah. Nope. If somebody ever kidnapped Lafayette Beetle, I would just be like, "Good luck with that." I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. <laughs> Good luck with that. Have fun. <laughs> okay. So Matilda is fucking captured. Matilda's gone. God damn it! All right. The next day, Andy and Laura regroup, and they remember a story about a thief coming back to the scene of the crime. It is and the free- Red Shroud of Satan. What? That's the name of the that's the name of the thing they reference. They say it's the Red Shroud of Satan. Wow. What are they reading? reading? Wow. All right. So Fremont in this book, I guess, used die in a trap to catch the creeper. So they decide to do the same. Okay. Now we're at Timothy's and he's studying for the exam and his paws eating like a king. He is eating like a king. He's eating ham and Mm -hmm. eggs three days. Like he's going to have another heart attack if he's eating ham and eggs for three meals a day. I know. know. An apple pie for every meal. Yeah. Come on. He tells Pa he has to work at Baxter's again and Baxter will give him a hen. Then we see him going to the Ingalls. And we see reverse Lafayette Beetle sitting there doing nothing at first. No, he starts to bark. At first he's just sitting there doing nothing. Useless. Okay. So we see this kid creeping around the chicken resort at the Ingalls. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Bandit starts barking. Finally. Charles grabs his gun well, and runs outside. What's going on? Mm-hmm. We hear the hens clucking, and suddenly Charles opens the door, and boom, he gets hit with the green dye. <laughs> <laughs> Laura hears the trap go off and runs downstairs. Pa comes in covered in dye. Caroline's laughing at him, and Laura's like, "Oh fuck!" And I love how Laura or Mary just looks at Laura <laughs> like you're, you know, you know that like look at your sibling when you're like, "You're dead. You're fucking dead." I'm <laughs> yeah, looking at a dead good. man. <laughs> yep. Then Jen, we have shirtless Pa. Shirtless oh. Pa. Woo! 
we have not only shirtless paw, naked paw, because he's in a tub. All right. So he's in the bath, and he's getting cleaned up, and he thinks he's all clean, but Jen, the green has dyed his hair. Amazing. Oh, my God, that man. Well, and he says that the detective agency is officially out of business. Oh, yeah. Caroline's laughing hysterical at him. (laughs) All right. So later at breakfast, Charles is yelling at Laura that the detective agency is done. Closed. (laughs) And he also says he's assigning her a bunch of new chores to keep her busy. Good. That's what that kid needs. That kid needs to be busy. Yep. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say something real quick, just talking about Michael Landon. Um. Timmy was watching this with me and he saw a side-by-side of Michael Landon and Jonathan Garvey. And he was like, Oh my God, that guy's tall. And I'm like, no, it's just that Michael Landon's short. So we looked up their heights. The guy who plays Jonathan Garvey is six, five. Wow. Yeah. He's tall. And he used to be a professional football player. I'm shocked that Landon allowed that on a set. I know me too. I was thinking the same thing. He must just be comfortable in his size. I don't think that's true, but okay. Okay. At the school later, we see Timothy taking the exam. I'm guessing it's a Sunday. Do you remember taking tests for hours? Like there would be tests. Oh, yeah. You go and you take like a standardized test for like three My hours. My kids do it. They, they take the PSSIs. Yeah. Wow. What's the PSSI? Because, because of how No Child Left Behind oh, is structured. Oh, that. They have to take PSSAs, and that is your whole school funding is dependent on those scores. Wow, because I remember we used to take something every year, but it wasn't tied to our funding or anything, I don't think. No, it's tied to our funding. Wow. And it's terrible because there's so many reasons why kids don't do well on those tests. Yeah, exactly. Especially, like, take, for example, you have a school like Scranton where a large population doesn't speak English as their first language. Now they're taking standardized tests in only English. Yep. They're not doing well on them. The school gets lower funding. It's it's just a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Okay. Don't even get me started. Are you saying that George W. Bush passed a terrible law? Yeah, I am. All right. Beetle and Baker are wishing him luck. Baker comes over just to kind of, you know, pat on the back, buddy. And then Beetle, Do st- does she stand there and stare at him the whole time he's taking the test? Well, Jen, did you notice what she said? She's like, you'd be the first to win a scholarship since John Jr. I won heard, that lucrative I heard, poetry scholarship. I heard that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, whenever there's continuity in this show, I'm, I'm really surprised. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so the next day or later, I don't know, <laughs> Timothy's ringing the bell and the congregation is gathering. The Ingles show up and Charles doesn't want to go inside because he has green hair. And it's the bad green hair, like kind of like Lou Ferrigno when he's the Hulk. Okay, is there good green hair? No, but like it's a bad dye job. It's not like the dye we have today. Carolyn, Carolyn shames him, Jen, about being guilty of the sin of pride. Loved it. Loved it. Every So he goes in church and everyone laughs at him. Carolyn wants nothing more than to take his hat off and walk into church. Oh, then the reverend comes in and he starts laughing. That was I thought that was a really funny scene. Oh, my God. He's like, and I want to read this scripture that I picked out several days ago. And then Charles runs out. (laughs) Like, wow. Okay. After Mass, Beetle asked Carolyn if she could go by Timothy's farm and tell Timothy that he won the scholarship. So it must be much later. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be like weeks later. A week or two. Yeah. But he still has the dye in his hair. Yeah, whatever. There's continuity issues here. Continuity issues. Yeah. Carolyn can't, but Laura and Andy say they'll do it. And I wrote, uh oh, they're going to find Matilda. All right, Laura and Andy arrive, and Mr. Farrell, who's the father, is so nice to them. Yes. 
and he knows them, Jen. Like he's like, oh, Laura, I live in the same town. Mm -hmm. He tells them about Timothy's new jobs, and they're like, "Mm, these people don't exist. They know he's still in school. Yeah. So they suddenly lie and say they just came back in, or they just came over to check on him. And I wrote, is nobody going to tell this kid he won the scholarship? They want to tell him anyway, and not his father necessarily. Like, why wouldn't you tell the father and let the father tell him? No, they want to. They want to blow the news. They want to blow the news. Come on. I guess. All right. So then they run. Oh, so then they run outside, and suddenly, Jen, they hear a noise, and they look. There's Matilda. Matilda is being held hostage. Mm-hmm. Instead of grabbing her and bringing her home to her safety chicken condo, they leave her there, and they run home and tell Pa. Everything. And I think that's actually a rooster, not a hen, but... They explain to Pa that they're afraid that if they blow this whole thing open, that Timothy's going to lose the scholarship if everyone finds out he's a thief. And go to jail, and then his father's going to starve, and, like, the whole cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, that would assume he gets arrested, and we all know There's that's no not law there. Yeah. No law. Right. So then we see this scene. Charles is like, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Okay. So then Charles, Garvey, Big Garvey, Baker, Nels, and Hanson all show up at... Super alarming. Super alarming. They all show up at Timothy's house. Mm -hmm. Like, that is like the... Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. (laughs) You throw Harriet in there, you're fucked. So they tell Timothy about the scholarship and the dad starts like crying and hugging him. Sweet dad, good dad. Timothy says, Jen, he can't go. Does he say he can't go? Yeah, he says, I don't think I can go. Okay. And he like kind of looks at the dad. Like, in other words, I can't go because you're Because I got to take care of you. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, kind of like when I'm asked to go anywhere on vacation, I just look at my kids kind of sad yeah, and I go. Like an albatross hanging around her neck. Yeah. Can't no. go. Sorry. So the men have a proposal, Jen. Doc Baker says he will need a doctor someday because he's 107. He says, I'm not a mortal. Hell, I'm not even a good doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So the men say they would like to pitch in and help the father until Timothy is done with school, until which time he could come back to Walnut Grove and be a doctor. Don't they say something about him being like the pride of Walnut Grove? Like they say something that makes me feel like they forgot all about John Jr. and fuck that poet. I will tell you this. I looked up both of these characters. This is the only episode they ever appear in. Okay. So nothing ever comes of this. Okay. They don't help this man out. Like six episodes down the road, we don't hear Paul saying like, can you do me a favor and run this over to Mr. Farrell? Whatever. Or, you know, two years from now, we don't have this dude, Timothy, coming back and being a doctor. And season nine, Timothy doesn't come back and take No, back. no. Yeah. It's just gone forever. Okay. Okay. So then Bailey is like, oh, Bailey's the father, Bailey Farrell. I can't. It's my pride. And the men are like, this isn't charity, dude. Like, we're being selfish because we need a good doctor. We need somebody (laughs) who's going to actually save us. (laughs) Timothy asks to speak to Charles outside and he confesses. And Charles tells him he knew. They all know. The whole town knows. Why wouldn't he pick Reverend Alden for this role? Because Charles is just He's like the sheriff. The, is he the sheriff? Is he the judge? God of Walnut Grove. Is he the Judge Judy of Walnut Grove? Yes, he is. Timothy goes back in and accepts episode over. Yeah. Oh, wait, but they when they were getting on the truck, Jonathan made that joke about Charles being green with envy. 
Oh, yes, they did. They did. That was pretty good. That was good. A lot of comic relief yeah. at Charles' expense. It was kind of, yeah, and I enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. that. So, Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Harry Olson's fault. Oh, okay. This is Harry's fault because who sold Garvey and Ingalls the Penny Dreadfuls? They had, to, oh. they had to get imported from London. So They had to get them from somewhere. Okay. They had to come from the mercantile. Where else would they have come from? Jenny, I have this is Lafayette Beatles. Well, it's always his fault. No, no, no. The real Lafayette No, it is. The, I mean, it all, everything is his fault. Because if when they founded this town, they put in provisions for the law. Oh, you mean the actual person, Lafayette yes. Beatle? Not, yes. Not your dog, Lafayette Beatle. When they founded this town, if they appointed a sheriff, two 13-year-old kids would not have to solve every crime in the town. Boom. I think it's Lafayette Beetle the dog's fault. How is it his fault? I don't know. Feels like it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on the episode and think of a theme or some kind of lesson that we took from it, either at the the time that we saw it, like something we remember, how it scarred us in a special way, or something we kind of got on the rewatch all these many, 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 many years later. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode? I just want to say that I've had a really tough week at work, and I've been super busy and it's been crazy, and I, I have no brain power left to put into my why. So I just want to state that ahead, ahead of time. Usually, okay. usually my whys are pretty thoughtful, I think. This one, okay. this one is not. <laughs> okay. This is why it's important to communicate your plan when you're booby-trapping your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i thought about that too why did, why did they booby trap their own house well i get why she booby trapped her own house but she should have told the people who lived there <laughs> that hey i booby trapped especially caroline what if what if it didn't go off and caroline got up early and went out to get the eggs the next morning you do not fuck with i would have been pissed if this happened to ma yeah i absolutely. love that it happened to pa I was loving it. Well, we got shirtless paw out of it. I'm okay. No, with that. I just love that they were laughing at and making fun of them the whole episode. It was great. <laughs> okay, Jen, I have this is why I miss community and neighborhoods. Like, I wish I still kind of lived in that world and I don't. Like, the kids and I were talking about this the other day. Samantha was like, I wish we lived in a neighborhood because when we were driving down in Scranton the other day, I was showing them where all my friends lived and how we just walked to mm-hmm. their houses all the time. And she's like, I wish we lived in a neighborhood. We just don't. And we grew up in a neighborhood. I consider us super lucky. I've talked about this a million times on the podcast. Like, it was just so nice that they all came together to help this dude out. Mm-hmm. And like, they cared about what his kid was doing. They sent, you know, they wanted him to go do school. Like, we just live in kind of an isolated time right now, like especially during the pandemic. But I also think that um, it was also great when they ended up attacking Harriet by accident, like because funny shit would happen too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like the kid, like kids running wild and getting in trouble was a thing. Like remember when we shot bows and arrows at our neighbor's house? Yes. And I don't think it's a thing. We anymore. got in big trouble for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't, I, I really but don't. you're in the country. Like we grew up in a city, like in an urban environment, like not a well, big city, but a city. Our neighbors were all right next to us. It's funny because my girls last summer made friends with this kid who lived in a neighborhood down um, in another town near us. And they would just ask me, can we go down to his house? And I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. Cause I knew they were just kind of going to parks mm-hmm. and walk. And I wanted them to have that experience. Yeah. 
So oh, I go think ahead. That's the th- I like. I think that's. I mean, that's definitely a thing in the city. Yep. Like you see kids out wandering around all the time doing God. Like I think it's. I wouldn't even blame it on the suburbs because in the suburbs, you know, you have these artificially created neighborhoods. So you still have still have some, like, it's a little more difficult, I think, to get around than yeah. when you're piled on top of each other, but it's still yeah. walkable. Like you're not, their kids aren't walkable. Like what are they going to do? Walk four miles to their friend's house? But it's interesting because when I am in the city and I drive around, I don't see a ton of kids walking on the streets anymore. And that used to be a thing. That used when to be we a thing. Kids. Yeah. That used you would see thing. kids all the time and your head would be like on a swivel. Yeah. looking to see who's walking down what yep, street. That was a thing. You, you never see that anymore. But that, don't forget that's like, we grew up in a time when you couldn't con- like, you didn't have a phone to contact somebody. So you had to go looking for people. Yeah. And you had like had to walk around and look. It's, I, I was telling, I may have already told this story, but we had a party at a friend's house in Brooklyn. And this was like, 10 years ago, maybe. And our friend left her coat with her keys in it and her phone on the floor. She's missing. She's gone. We're like, she mm. couldn't have gotten into her house. So now we're like, what happened to her? So we had to like walk around Brooklyn and like, think about like, what does she like? Oh, she plays soccer sometimes with the teams in the park. Like we had to walk around and like actually find her. And it was it was kind of cool because you're like, remember doing this? Like, remember yeah. walk? Like, we'd walk past the bar and see if she's in there. It's like, oh, it's twelve thirty. She's not in there yet. So, like, we're just like walking around trying to. This find is her. if the, if that were Walnut Grove, you just would have had to go outside and she would have been right there because yeah. you know how easily they find people who. Well, leave you want to actually Grove. know what people did? Like, you knew their habits, you knew the places they went, like you you knew what mm-hmm. interested at them because you had to go find them. Mm-hmm. Mimi's come at us if you used to walk on the streets. Oh, I'm sure they did, but I would I would like to know from the Mimi's like if their kids do this. Like do right. do their kids like I think it's where you're located. That's what I, I think it's different because I don't know. I have friends who live in the city, and I I don't think this is we're talking thing. to like Josh grew up in the country, and they didn't yeah. they didn't like they would get they on their bikes it. and they would drive around the dirt roads and stuff, but like they didn't. They hung around with somebody who was like somewhat close that they could somewhat yeah. get to their house, but that was it. Like they didn't, it was, yeah. they hung around with their siblings, like on the farm. It's unfortunate. Because well, while there's some level of danger to that, there's also a great sense of independence. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were, we used to be everywhere. We were all mm-hmm. over the place. We were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jenny, uh, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? So the next thing... Or, I'm sorry, why don't you tell us what you've planned, and then I'll judge if it's boring or exciting. Okay. After two miscarriages, Beth Novak is thrilled to be experiencing a healthy pregnancy, but when her husband takes a tumble from the roof, she becomes a widow within 24 hours. You think this is boring? Holy shit. What's the title of this one? To Run and Hide. Oh. Now wait. Devastated that he could not save his patient, Doc Baker... Again, Stop right I mean, there. I feel like Stop every right week, there. decides to leave his practice and pursue a farming career. Done, sold. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way you're not going to want to do this one. Okay, so that's season four, episode seven. Yep. To run in fear. To run and hide. To run and hide. Okay. Oh, to live in fear was that other one. <laughs> God. The titles are terrible, guys. The titles are. Do you, so want, bad. Do you want to come up with six hundred titles? Uh, I will titles? come up with. I will come up with five better titles. Next We're still episode. waiting for the other 80 on To Live in Fear. There's only so much creative genius I can come out with here. You promised 87. I'm doing, I'm doing all the heavy lifting on the wit and banter on my TikTok. 
That is, I don't know what you're trying to do there. Your kids must be mortified. My kids are mortified. (laughs) (laughs) That is, I don't know what's happening there. Guys, follow me on TikTok. No, don't. No, don't encourage it. All right, guys. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisisy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.